Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Was that Linus Allmark at the end? Reaping the fruit. Reaping the fruit. <laughs> it's the nightcap. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here on WGR, just under an hour away from the Paul William Belts pregame show. Pat Malacaro will take you up the puck drop at 10 for Sabres and Canucks. Reaping the fruit. Reaping the fruit. He's starting tonight, by the way, Allmark. Um, we will have a little player sound of our own. As Paul had a little extra interview with Jeff Skinner from uh, from today after practice, so we'll talk. We'll hear from Jeff Skinner in uh, about twenty minutes or so. And we talked uh, about Ristolainen to end last hour. Uh, I got a poll up on Twitter. It's just pretty simple. Is Ristolainen good? At Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter, you can vote. Derek, you guessed that sixty forty in favor of yes was going to be the total. Well, just under a thousand votes in so far. 76% say yes. How about that? Hmm. Maybe it's because Ristolainen's been steady. I'll say this, though. Everyone who has a reply to it doesn't think he's good. For the most part. So those that don't like him really don't like him. They're taking extra time to yeah. let you know that they don't like them um, instead of just voting. Where are we at with him long term? Long term? I think I see him as the eventual man they pair with Darlene. I think uh, I think on paper that absolutely works, and I think that's I would guess that that's going to end I mean, up happening. Left, right. I wouldn't want to rule out him not being a part of this team's future. I I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't want to rule it out. Um, the the part I, that I wouldn't want to bet on it is I mean in the especially in the off season when Jason Bottrell was talking about the young core of his team, he would mention Eichel, he would mention Reinhardt, and he would mention Middlestat, and he would mention Ristolainen. So I think that's important. But at the same time, without diving super deep in him yet, which I mentioned I haven't done yet, just by watching him, he strikes me as like a he's he's a number two defenseman. He's a second pairing defenseman, no doubt. I even, think I would even, I would he's even put a little above that. But have you noticed though his usage has gone down? This season, and he's not making a lot of the critical mistakes that he did in the past couple of years. His use, usage has just gone down just uh, about a minute. That still could be, you know, something that's big. Like, he's not guaranteed to be the leading ice time candidate now for the Sabres. He is a lot of times, though, still. He's still, but, like, it's not a given anymore. Like, I've seen Zach Bogosian through two periods leading the team in ice time, and I just go, oh, really? A defenseman he really reminds me of is Brent Seabrook in Chicago. And not great to be on his own standalone, but can be great paired with a great defense. Sure, even all star level. But and but, but at the same time, we we saw what happened with Seabrook at, in Chicago. I mean, he he reached a point 
when he was like early 30s, and when he hit a wall, I mean, he hit a wall. Seabrook also plays a, uh, like, he played a more physical style than Ristolainen does. I think Ristolainen plays a super physical style he still for plays today's a, game. Well, I'm saying, like, he plays a physical style, don't get me wrong, but Brent Seabrook, far more physical of a defender. I, I think that looking at Ristolainen long term, like I said, I don't want to rule out that he wouldn't be a part of this team's future. And I think that he would be an interesting person to talk about in the offseason when we're thinking about a trade. Because it, it's all going to depend on Darlene, obviously, and where they think he's at at the end of the season. I'd have to say, though, trending right now, it seems like Darlene is on the track where the, the Sabres could truly believe that he's going to be ready for consistent top pair play in 2019-2020. And if that happens, then they're going to have to dissect the roster. They're going to have to look at their problems. They're going to have to look at what they want to address in free agency and what they don't want to address in free agency because that can be a very expensive place to try to fix a problem. We saw that with Kyle Poso. We've seen it actually a bunch of times with different players. Leno, Airhoff. I don't need to go down the list. And if that doesn't happen, they're going to have to look at this roster and say, okay, if we want to fix something via trade, how do we do that? Because last year was kind of, I don't see it was easy, but there was really only the one idea. It was trade O'Reilly. I remember sitting here at the end of last year, and I wasn't in the trade O'Reilly camp until right around when it happened. The end of the year last year, even I was sitting here saying, I don't know what I would do if I was the GM. I have no idea what I would do. And they did one of the only options they really had that was in ter- like that you could qualify as a big swing. I don't want to count Skinner in this because I don't think anybody thought they were going to be able to get him for what they traded him for. They did not give up almost anything for him. But in terms of trading a big asset off their roster, O'Reilly was it. And what's the, is there going to be something like that this offseason? There doesn't have to be, obviously. But if we want to think about some, an idea like that, I think Ristolainen is the name at the top of the list. He definitely holds value around the league. And he holds value in some circles, I would guess. He would hold more value than he should. Because of the style of defenseman he is. He is a guy that's going to mix it up. If he has to. He is a guy. We saw a little of it when Pilot got pushed down last week. He's a guy that's going to run in there and protect his teammates. He's a guy that will lay out a big hit once in a while. And he seems to get into it with somebody after every whistle. I don't know what it is about him. But clearly, people playing against, players playing against Rasmus Ristolainen do not like playing against him. Or he annoys them. Or something. Because they're always jawing at him. They're always going at him. There are going to be people, especially some of the general managers in this league, there are still a lot of old school thinking GMs in this league that will hold him in a higher regard than I think they should. And that you could really capitalize on that. You could get a lot of value for that. And if they're going to analyze at the end of the year, what's my holes, what's my issues, what's my problems on this team, they're going to look at it and see, okay, depth scoring, top of the list. And if you want to talk about actually solving that overnight for the long term, that's something that could be talked about, and I think that's something that they could do if they wanted to. Because they've got the franchise cornerstone defenseman in place now in Darlene that kind of opens them up to do that. So I think they're in a very interesting spot with Ristolainen, and I think we kind of know what he is at this point. 25 years old, generally you don't get significantly better at that point. 24, sorry. Oh, wow, just turned 24 too. 
he's like he point wise especially he's the same player. The last three years, forty one points, forty five points, forty one points. This year he's on a little bit of a higher pace. He'll play in your top power play unit. He'll make a lot of mistakes in his own end. He'll make a lot of wow plays in the offensive end. Especially Edmonton. They're always lurking out there. They that trade's kind of um it's, I don't it's, it's kind of a it's not a meme obviously, but it, it's brought up on Twitter a lot. That like hey Edmonton would trade McDavid for Ristolainen or McDavid would trade this and this for Ristolainen. There are teams out there that would make sense that you could probably get a lot from. One player that I've thought about in the past couple days scored a hat trick for the Flyers. And maybe I'll ask Kyle about him next time I see him because he's a Flyers fan. Sean Couturier in Philly. If Philadelphia really decides to blow it up, which has happened before. I mean, they did it with uh, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Um, they've done it before that. They they could they could very well go for a big blow up this offseason. They got Voracek on a big contract. They've got Giroux on a big contract. They've got Couturier on a reasonable contract. He would make the least sense for them to trade. He's 26 years old. He's only a $4.3 million cap hit. He's a six foot three center who scores goals. Former eighth overall pick. In fact, he was the eighth overall pick the year before. Ristolainen was the eighth overall pick. Like that's the type of player I'd be looking at. I don't know if he'd be available. Like I'm just like that's an example of a guy. That's a guy who scored 31 goals last year, 76 points. This year he's got 19 goals in 45 games. Now, if you look at his production before that, there's not a whole lot. I mean, he never got to 40 points before he got to 76 last year. But so that's a risky trade. But I think that's the that's the kind of player you're looking at if they ultimately decide, hey, let's uh, let's see what we could get for Ristolainen because he's certainly got value. And what else on this team right now that you wouldn't call untouchable has significant value? Eichel is untouchable. Darlene is untouchable. Middlestat, for the most part, is untouchable. Maybe I could throw a Reinhardt's name to this ring, but. I don't think I need to. And I also don't think that this, this is type of trade's coming after what's happened this year. I just think Ristolainen is an interesting name that they could move on from. I don't think they would have to make a move like that, but I want to say that that's not something that I would guess sitting here today that they would completely rule out. Like, I don't think they would call him untouchable at this point. He would have been that a couple years ago, at least in a lot of our eyes. Anyways, he's, uh, he's playing tonight. Obviously, and I think he was skating on a pair with, don't quote me before I say it, as I'm pulling up Paul Hamilton's thing. I think I think it was Scandella. I don't remember. Um, so, yeah, Sabres and Canucks at 10 o'clock tonight. Let's, uh, let's get to Jeff Skinner now. He talked to uh, Paul Hamilton uh, earlier in the day just after practice. He's technically a game-time decision. But uh, as you listen to this, you will hear that uh, most likely not a game time decision. Jeff, how did you feel out there for the skate? Yeah, I felt good. Yep. I was buzzing out there, so yeah, I felt <laughs> good. Ready to play? Yep. When the thing happened, were you you went in the board so weird. Were you kind of scared uh, that something might be really wrong? 
Uh, yeah, I went in kind of hard and in a little bit of a weird spot. So whenever that happens, I kind of you guess you get up and sort of sort of try and uh, I don't know do a body scan yourself and um, a little sore, but uh, but yeah, I felt, felt felt fine out there today. Were you surprised that you were able to come back so quick and come back into the game? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I don't I don't know if you know what to expect when that happens. So. Um, just sort of see how it goes. It calms, calmed down enough so that I could get back out there. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was good to get back out there, I think, and contribute to a win, and uh, hope we can do that tonight. Lengthy break coming up here, and obviously a momentum's an important thing, but it would be tough to get it back when you come back with that much time off, too, going back on the road. That being said, all points are important, but just, I guess, the importance of keeping the momentum you picked up last game going here in, in Vancouver and kind of mission accomplished, if you will? Yeah, it's a big game, I think. Uh, We want to close out this road trip uh, on a high note, I think. Uh, Obviously, coming into the road trip, we had had a big challenge ahead of us, and I think that tonight's sort of the the end of that challenge, and we want to try and uh, close it out on the right foot, go into the break on a a good note, and and then worry about coming back after that. You played against Sam, but what have you learned about him, you know, since you've become his line mate, you know, that maybe you didn't know coming in, coming into the Sabres? Uh, just how smart he is probably, I think, obviously, getting to see him as, a, as an opposing, opposing player, you kind of get little snapshots of guys, but when you get to be around him more off, more, more consistent basis, I think you get to see sort of, and, and sort of appreciate sort of how smart he is, how good of a passer he is, how, how good his vision is, and sort of his awareness of where everyone is on the ice at, at all times, which is... Uh, which is nice, I think, for a linemate because he sort of always seems to know where you are. So, um, yeah, it makes it makes it a lot easier to play with him. What about Jack? Um, there he is. There is Sabres forward Jeff Skinner. He uh, will be playing tonight. And Darren Dreger was on with the Instigators earlier today. And there's been speculation out there that there's kind of maybe we're in the feeling out process of Skinner and the Sabres starting to open up some contract negotiations. Is it it's it's a Seth all but I can I can just assume that everybody's on board with this, right? Is there anybody out there that doesn't want to sign Skinner at this point? He's on pace for fifty goals. If there are, show yourselves. <laughs> I mean there's always gonna be the debate in like what you're comfortable giving him cap wise, but I mean, he has just been a revelation. They're they're at in the standings right now because of him, in large part. I still think this was true a couple days ago. I'm I'm sure it still is that he had the highest percentage of his team goals in the NHL of his team's goals. He's been scoring at a great rate. He really hasn't slowed down, which he's been a little bit of a streaky player throughout his career. So that's kind of surprised me. You hope there's not going to be a drop off at some point. Because we know there's not a lot of players in this team that can pick up the slack, especially that level of slack. So that's gonna be uh That's gonna be something to continue to watch for. UB is in action right now against Eastern Michigan. I cannot believe that I have not mentioned it yet to this point in the show. They are on national TV and ESPN U, but you can also listen to the game over on our sister station, ESPN fifteen twenty. They lead Eastern Michigan fifty-four. 245 with uh they just got these got into the second second half here. 16 and 1 on the season, 16 seed. That's been super fun story all year. Um I'm not sure how important these games are supposed to be. I'm not a super big college basketball guy and I know the MAC is not a very highly thought of conference 
So to me, if you they lose one or two of these games, I still feel like they'll be fine, even though it's not a great conference. I mean, they've built up a gr- really good resume. Like, can I say right now that they, like are they in the tournament? They're playing for, for the most part. They're playing for seeding because if they end up at, at yeah. large, they'll get knocked down a bit. But if they sweep through the conference, then we might be challenging for what, like possibly even a four seed. I'm surprised they're if not they, even if they sweep the conference. I'm surprised they're not even higher than they are at 16. Because they oh. have a great resume. They beat Syracuse. Oh, give give the voters a reason to punish a mid-major, they will. I know. But they beat... Yeah, that's right. If they were unde- I wonder where they'd be if they were undefeated. They'd probably, they would sure, for sure be top 10. Um, but, I mean, they've beaten Syracuse. And then when Syracuse beat Duke, that had to help. And then your only loss is to Marquette, who is... Are they, they're ranked two. I think they might even be ranked one spot higher than UB at 15 right now. And the rest are wins. Including a win at West Virginia. Like, those were all road games, too. So, they're ranked 16th. I think they should even be a little bit higher. Like I said, you can listen to the game over on ESPN 1520. Uh, quick NHL score update before we get to the break again here. The Florida Panthers still up 2-1 to in the Leafs. The Canadians are now up 2 to nothing on CBJ. Remember, Montreal's three points ahead of the Sabres. The Islanders and Capitals scoreless at the end of one. Carolina... Who's chasing the Sabres a bit? Uh, five points back. They're losing to Ottawa, one to nothing. And then uh, obviously Arizona plays Pittsburgh later. Pittsburgh just two points ahead of the Sabres. Uh, let's take one more call actually before we get to the break. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hi. If you could get a Tarasenko, hypothetically, obviously, and a uh, Duchesne to come in here, and you don't have to uh, deal with Skinner's contract, I mean, is that not worth it? So what what am I saying here? If I get Tarasenko and I get Duchesne, am I okay not signing Skinner? Yes. No. Mm. But I, I I mean, if I did that, maybe. But am I? I don't playing? want them to do that. That that spending a bunch of assets to get players to me that are well, Duchesne, if, if not are. if not worse than Skinner uh, on par, but eventually, like, well, essentially, the the logical way to look at that would be. Um, you trade Skinner and some stuff for Tarasenko, and then you sign Duchesne as a UFA. My question is, are you playing NHL 19 on easy mode? Some of the real NHL seems to be easy <laughs> mode. They, man, there are just some trades that make you think easy mode's a real thing. Right? Like, like Skinner for... Larson <laughs> for Taylor Hall does not happen in easy mode in that game. I guarantee it. It Maybe doesn't it happen does. in that game at all. Maybe it does. I, Maybe it does, but... I'm sure somebody did that at some point. Yeah, no, while we're at it, why don't we go ahead and get Taylor Hall from the Devils? Well, let's just get Connor McDavid at this point. (laughs) We're still lining for McDavid. I'm sure they'll say yes. I don't mind the Tarasenko conversation, but I don't like the idea. I like the idea, but I know it's not realistic. I think, I think, I don't, I think it might be more realistic than you think, because, maybe not so much now that the Blues are winning again, but... Especially because of that. they There have been rumblings for, I think it goes back to about the fall, like right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, because the Blues have, But that the Blues have not been happy with the production they've gotten for Tarasenko for the contract they gave him. Yeah. And that was being reported by Elliot Friedman, who, you know, sometimes not everything he reports is always 100% there, but he's like he's an insider. So if that's true, and they're not, they were not happy at the beginning of the year with the production they've been getting on him, this has been... 
one of his worst years statistically. So they couldn't be happy now. So to me, I, I could see it being realistic if someone was willing to meet probably an astronomical asking price, and to me, that's when it becomes unrealistic. I think the Blues would trade him, but I don't think there's a team out there that probably meets the asking price that they're looking for because that's going to be a big a big trade. Yeah, because despite his down that's, numbers, he's a talent. That's going to be like, if, if you're the Sabres, for instance, play the game here for a second, that would be middle stat and a first and probably something else. We'll give you everything back that you gave us for right Yeah, Thompson, <laughs> we'll give you Thompson, Sabotka, you don't get Berglund back, you can sign him if you want, and we'll give you your first round pick back. Exactly, perfect, we did it. So essentially traded Ryan O'Reilly for Tarasenko. I think O'Reilly's got more points on the year than him. Yeah. I mean, I I, yeah, and if you're trading O'Reilly for Tarasenko, then you just traded a center in a on a team that you could have used some centers and... Oh, a lot more. O'Reilly's got 46 yeah. points. Exactly, so... Tarasenko's like, got 29, 29. Again, again... I like the idea as a potential concept. It's just that I know it's not a very realistic one. O'Reilly's on pace for a point a game. He's having a good season. He's having a really good season. Good for him. I mean, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not one of those bitter people. Like, I'm happy that Patrick Berglund didn't try to mail it in playing on the fourth line and like not really caring about playing hockey. Yeah, same. and being miserable the whole time. I'm. Not a bitter person about Robin Leonard. The guy had demons to fight, and he, I'm glad that he's doing well out there. Cal Peterson, good for you. You finally got to, to start somewhere that wasn't in Buffalo, even though you could have probably started in Buffalo. Who cares? Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Like is. I'm not one of those kinds of people that will do that. I just think that the only kind of person that would hold some sort of grudge against is Tom Wilson or Brad Marchand because they play like garbage people. I found myself defending Tom Wilson more times than I'm comfortable with this season. More times than you're comfortable. So. See, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like I've defended him more as the hockey player, less so his actions. Because those are, for the most part, indefendable. 803-0550 is the phone number. To the nightcap, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here on WGR. Tonight, Cap, Jody Biasi, and Derek Kramer on WGR. The Paul William Belts pregame show just under a half hour away. Pat Malacar will take you up to Puck Drop in Vancouver. Sabres and Canucks at 10 o'clock tonight here on WGR. Let's get back into football a little bit here. Derek, your number one Super Bowl matchup would be what? Not the Patriots. Okay, so Chiefs versus... I've seen Chiefs versus Rams already. I've seen that movie. And it was great. It was a fun movie. It was it was the best movie. At the same time? Do you it's a, it's basically a sequel of the greatest that, movie of all time. That might have been and I'm going to sound weird saying this. That might have been too much offense. Godfather 2 was not It was okay. Like that might have been too much offense for me. Like 50 aside like there's never too much offense. Never too much offense, and that's where I think the Saints can at least moderate it a little bit. Their they, defense, they could score. They could score fifty four. What I'm saying is the Saints' defense can oh. probably how be much of that sort. The Saints' defense is better than the Rams' defense, but how much better? I mean, it's not on paper. The Rams' defense should be better, but the Saints just managed to execute things better. 
I want to say it's not a big enough difference where I think that the game script might be that much different. I think the Chiefs. Maybe, I think the Chiefs are putting team, the, the Chiefs are capable of putting up fifty on anybody. Maybe each team scores forty. So what are you saying? You're saying Chiefs Saints? Yeah, I'd probably say Chiefs Saints. I mean, the other thing, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore will probably end up challenging Pat Mahomes at some point. I mean, they've Cam Jordan, they've got talent along the back in the secondary. It's probably the best secondary left in the playoffs in New Orleans. Um, tw- someone on Twitter is trying to tell me The Godfather 2, by the way, is the worst movie of all time. And The Godfather 2 can't be the worst movie of all time if the if Godfather 3 is worse than Godfather 2. So if something there goes that's that worse exists, therefore the right. other one cannot be right. the worst of all time. So I, <laughs> I ranked the Super Bowl potential Super Bowl matchups I, in terms of how I'd want to see them. I agree with you. Chiefs Saints would be my number one. Chiefs Saints would be my one because, again, I already saw one of the best games in the league this year. Yep. Let's see the different variation of it. That being said, Chiefs Rams would be my number two because yes. even though I've Agreed. seen it, I know it's great. And it doesn't involve the Patriots, of course, so that's my right. number two as well. Number three, if I have to have the Patriots, I'll take the Saints – I think because, you know, we've never really seen, like, Brady in Super Bowls. Like, he's played Eli. Ooh. But who are the other quarterbacks he's played? Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. Donovan, Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Kurt Warner. No, not Kurt Warner. But it was Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Donovan, McNabb. Donovan McNabb. Jake DeLome. Eli Manning twice. Matt Ryan. Nick Foles. Nick Foles and Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, right. He's faced... A range of competition. He's never played in a Super Bowl one of the other like legends of his time, though. I Okay, legends is... Yeah, like, I'm going to go a step further. Like, I was going to say that's... Because uh, I was going to say, you better be ready to walk your take yeah. back here on Russell Wilson or Donovan. Really, because like, he's never matter. played Rodgers. He's never played Breeze in the Super Bowl. And a, a Breeze versus Brady matchup, like I can, I can get up for that. Like that—that that would be obviously it's I'd have a rooting interest. I love Sean Payton. He might be one of my—he's probably my favorite coach in the NFL. I think he's arguably the best coach in the NFL. Um, even though he's not generally in that conversation, it's just like McVay versus—it's uh, McVay versus Belichick in everybody's this, minds. This is weird, but this is a weird take. But I think Sean Payton just looks like a guy that you want to kick in the shin. <laughs> that is a little weird. <laughs> uh, and then Patriots Rams would be my four, even though that would still be interesting. It'd be McVay versus Belichick. Like, here's the thing with these four matchups. Offense is guaranteed. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Mm. The Patriots suck you into like twenty to twenty to sixteen games, I think, though. Every they once in a while. They can, but they also can do what they did in the Chiefs game against them earlier this year. They can hang with you or they can go ahead and try to play you. That was home and that was like it was the, what was that, October? Rosters remain this largely is, the same. This is five degrees and rosters outside. remain largely. We're talking the Super Bowl though, I guess. Yes. So. Oh wow, the Patriots have to play a cold weather game. Like they don't do that literally every year. And I guess we're, we're talking Super Bowl, so like they're gonna get yeah. A, where is it? Atlanta. Atlanta. So they're the gonna dome. get dome. But um, like the big thing here is that like in the Super Bowl, points are going to eventually be guaranteed by all of these teams. There's no weather impact. There's teams that have high capable offenses, and Tom Brady is somehow your weak link when it comes to pure quarterback talent. I'm just talking like physical abilities of the four quarterbacks left. I'd probably rank it at this point based on how they've played this season. Mahomes, Breeze, Brady, Goff. And yes, I know I may be on crack saying that, but 
the way they've played this year, that would probably be how I rank them. Breeze, Breeze is interesting to me, like because we, we I called him a legend a second ago. He yes. is. But he's like, a, where he's does, a shoe in Hall of Fame. But where does he rate in terms of like the other legends? Because he's only got the one Super Bowl. He's never won MVP. He's never been the best quarterback in the league at a certain point. He's only got records. He that's right. Like he he <laughs> ha, he has those records. records. So it's hard to it's hard to say he's not one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But I feel like he he'll never really be in that conversation. He's almost kind of quietly in the conversation. If he wins this year, though, that's why I think like of these four quarterbacks, maybe Goff. But I I think of these four quarterbacks, like I think Breeze might have the most on the line here. Yes, because on the line. Brady correct. Brady could not win the Super Bowl this year. His legacy is forged. Yeah, his legacy is right. set. Mahomes, if he doesn't win, this is his first year. He's got a whole career ahead of him to do that. Yeah, his first full season and as a starter. Goff, to an extent, kind of the same thing. Same thing. Second year as a starter in yeah. this NFL, and he's looked promising. He made the championship and or Super Bowl. Breeze is like coming on the end of his career. He's got the one Super Bowl, but I think if he really wants to be considered... Like who who do I want to put him over if he wins another Super Bowl? Because that will happen. People will. Would you say, start questioning him over Peyton Manning? You might have to. Might have to. And you wouldn't do that right now. I don't think you would. I wouldn't. I probably still wouldn't. But that would make me think about it again. If he is honestly lighting on, it up again for a team at thirty seven or no forty, he just turned forty, I think. Let's be real about something. If you're and not he doing wins. It, if you're not doing it now, then what's a Super Bowl win really going to do for you? Uh, for me, that's why I said not much, but I think a lot of people yeah. it will do that. I think a lot of people it will absolutely do that. Especially when Breeze beat Peyton Manning in, in his only Super Bowl. That is true. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it's an interesting market. You are right about that. I mean, legacy-wise, Drew Breeze probably has the most he's playing for. But, largely, does it matter in the grand scheme of things? I think that Drew Breeze is amazing in his own right. And he's got the numbers to back it up. Because remember, that man had some historically bad defenses. Oh, yeah. That, that was the defense career. you would want to play in fantasy football. Yes. Like, I remember he lost a game 50. Was it, was it like something like 51 49 to the Giants in Eli? I would pick up defenses in fantasy football or uh, quarterbacks that were playing the Saints three weeks in advance that were, were going to play the Saints. I remember I once kept Jameis Winston on my roster all year. Because just in case I made the championship, I was going to have Jameis Winston against that Saints defense. They were, yeah, historically bad is right. And he kept them at 7-9, and nine, right? They went 7-9 and nine a couple years in a row seven there. 7-9 and nine a couple years. Like, he's got them on winning records. He's taken them to division titles. And only now have they really fixed things. And they should have been a threat for the Super Bowl last year. Then Marcus Williams hit the hit stick too early. And... This year, they are a threat again. They're the best record in the NFL, and they're the one seed in the NFC. They have a legitimate shot here against the Rams, a team that they beat 45-35. to 35. As it stands right now, all-time, Brady or, or uh, Breeze or Rodgers? It's a tough one. I'd say, I'd say Breeze, even though I love Aaron Rodgers and respect and I, the hell out of his career. It just, I did say as it stands right now. Too. As it stands right now, you can't argue with the guy that's holding the numbers. 5,476 yards in 2011. <clears throat> that number. Just the, the numbers he puts up are, are astronomical. Um, 
I think he's under. I I, I don't want to say he's, he's underappreciated. He's just not really talked about. He a is whole underrated lot. though. He's for what he is. He's underrated or yeah. underappreciated for what he is and what he's what his legacy is supposed to be. Really, he was shooting for that MVP this year, and then Mahomes just showed up and threw fifty touchdowns. Yeah, like, exactly. Like every year, it's just like something just happens where Breeze is not considered as an MVP candidate. This year, everything kind of turned together and. Like, when he throws for 5,400 yards, how is he not the MVP? Oh, wait, his defense was terrible, and they really... Well, 2011, they went 13-3, and so that MVP, I'm going to guess, was either Brady or Peyton Manning. It was probably Brady. Um, the MVP that year was Aaron Rodgers. Oh. And in 20... 20- I'm sure he put up... Could he have done more than that? Could he have put up 5,500 yards? No, because he would have the single-season record. Right, because that's the season, single-season record, right? <laughs> so he set the single-season record and still didn't win it. Um, maybe maybe Drew Brees really is underappreciated, huh? Maybe. Rodgers in 2011. <laughs> no, my computer doesn't want to work. So I can't I can't tell you what Rodgers did in, tw- in 2011. Give me a second. And it just it's ridiculous, though, how you can go ahead and... Like, you stop short of saying that... Breeze was underappreciated. Like you were gonna ask the question, then you stopped short. But the next thing you know, dude puts up the single season record for passing in a season. I wonder if he he would even more so than Brady. I wonder what the wait, Saints and wait, him would want to wait, do. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, five, it was five thousand four hundred yards, right? Yep. He beat Rodgers by almost nine hundred yards. What was the touchdowns and interceptions for Breeze? Because um, that's where Rodgers might have him because he threw 45 touches. I don't know. Pro Football Focus doesn't want to work. Or pro, pro Football Reference doesn't want to work for me. Okay, um, 45, touch, 45 touchdowns from Rodgers and then Drew Breeze. Yeah. The, the, Saints, the Saints will be interesting as that uh, if, if they win this year too because they just paid a third-round pick to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Breeze threw for 46. And... <laughs> like what? What happened here? Yeah. <laughs> what and, did you guys do? And Bridgewater's a free agent, so he could just walk away. It's still interesting. It's always going to be interesting to me. They traded a third-round pick, though, for a backup quarterback. By the way, Drew Brees, ever since he joined the Saints in 2006, he had at least 4,000 yards every season until this year when he was eight yards off. And he played in wow. 15 games, not 16. And he was just eight yards off of another 4,000-yard season. Yeah, he's incredible. This dude is one of the best criminally ever. underappreciated. He's criminally underappreciated. Now that I'm looking at everything, Lord. Sabres at Canucks tonight, 10 o'clock puck drop, pregame just about 15 minutes away from now. It's the nightcap. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer will wrap things up after this on WGR. Last few minutes here on the nightcap. Sabre pregame in just about 10 minutes. UB Bulls basketball is over on ESPN 1520. They've extended their lead. They're going to win. They're playing Eastern Michigan. And there's a minute 15 left, and they lead by 14. So it looks like the Bulls will improve to 17 and 1. You know, I, I talked about earlier in the week, I want to talk a lot about the song draft this week, and I haven't mentioned it once. Not once. We were going to talk song draft, 
the beginning of the week, and I for- completely forgot about it all week. I do have a strategy. I don't have a board yet, but I do have a strategy. I'm just going to go ahead and assume Mike and Chris aren't listening right now and kind of open up about this. But, uh, yeah, I have a strategy, not a board. Okay, what kind of... I'm going to have a board at some point, I think. Of course. Like any sort of draft, you have to have a board. Yeah, of course. You can't can't just wing it. What is this? Um, I was going to make a Rex Ryan joke, but then that's your thing, and I didn't really want to step on your toes Okay, hang on, hang on. Let me... Yeah, what is this? A Rex Ryan plan draft? There we go. There now, we go. Now, we're, now we're playing hits. Now we got it. Um, I think I'm going to try to spread it around. I'm currently flirting with the idea of picking a TV show theme, which is on the table. I think I've eliminated all national anthems. I'm not really thinking about that anymore. Because the Soviet anthem is, to me, the best anthem. Other than ours, of course. Don't I have to say that, right? Um, but... I can't. I can't pick the Soviet Union national anthem. Like, what? What, what do I be if I do that? I can't do that. So, to me, I got. I think I got to throw all national anthems off the off the off the table. Um, I'm thinking TV show theme, and I'm debating with a couple right now. You don't. You're 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 making a face. You don't like. You don't like this idea. No. I mean, it's a song draft, not a TV theme show. See, those are those are songs. Yes, but it's not a TV theme draft. To me, that's how I Which win. Should be its own draft. I'm trying in to itself. win. I'm trying to win people over here. You know what? Too. If Hang I on. pick the song why don't from get... their favorite show, that's how I win people over. I'm why trying to play to the people. Why don't we talk strategy with a guy who loves his music in TJ Luckman? Oh, it's TJ. TJ's here. The only the only TV show theme that I would pick is probably the uh, the Friends theme. The Friends theme is a, an all time classic. I was thinking about the Full House theme. That, uh, that, no, no, I can't. I can't mm. get with that. I don't it's know. it's catchy. Yeah. But, I mean, can you listen to the Friends theme without clapping those five times? Thank you, Derek. That was six. <laughs> um, I guess I guess I can't. You've got me there. But I, don't, I never yeah. watched Friends. I can't pick, I can't pick the, the theme of a show I never watched. I don't even like Friends, but I love that theme song. That's what I'm I've saying. I've watched Friends. I need to like the show, too. I can't just pick the song and not watch the show. I think. I don't know. D- d- is the prerequisite that you also have to like the song in order to pick it? Yeah, I'm not going to pick a song I don't like. Well, that's fair, but what if it's just a good song that you don't like, but most people do like? That's a good draft. I'm not caving to to the, the, the crowds, yeah, to the media, you, to the rest. The internet is what's judging this, remember? Sure. I'm trying to play the in-between. Songs I like that other people will vote me for. This is probably why I'm going to end up with Africa by Toto. Almost for sure. I'm almost sure of it that I'm going to end up with that song. Somehow, some way, I think I'm going to get it. Now, I got to play a weird game here, though, because I think Bulldog is going to have a much different looking board than I'm going to. Because I'm trying to spread things around. I feel like he's not going to do that. Bulldog stated already like, that he's going to yeah. just pick songs that he likes. I plan on having a little bit of everything. I plan on having a little bit of rap, a little bit of country, a little bit of. Uh, maybe toss a little John Mayer in there somewhere, some classic rock. So I feel like if I'm competing with some classic rock guys, I think I got to go classic rock early and then grab the rest later. Cause like, what was Bulldog gonna pick? Show gonna pick? Show gonna pick Drake? How many? Oh, pff. no, he's no. not. No. <laughs> right. So I can get that at the end of the draft if I want. Yeah, you I can, can wait on a lot of. I can wait on a lot of my stuff. Go ahead and play the audience. That's right. Later in the draft, yeah, that is a good strat. We'll have to debate some more strategy next week. Cause I'm I'm looking to win this thing. I'm gonna win the off season. I'm gonna win the uh, I'm gonna win the song draft. Sabre pregame is next. Sabres at Canucks is just about a little bit of over an hour away in Vancouver. Pat Malacaro will take you up until puck drop.
It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer. Thanks for listening here on WGR.